Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, church. Good morning, guests. Good morning, visitors. We are so delighted to have you with us. Welcome to another TRC broadcast. I am your host, Bishop R.D. McLeod, and I am here this morning excited about the things of God. I'm excited about what God is doing and what he is saying. I hope you guys are prepared to sit down and to feast on the word of God, the infallible word of God. I'm telling you, there is no higher authority than the word of God. And if you are not excited about the things of God, you have lost your fire. I'm telling you right now, you have to constantly check yourself and, and, and relight your fire because it will easily be blown out by the world and the things that we deal with. So again, let's just get excited about what we're going to do this morning. We're going to hear from God. We're going to hear from the word of God. And the word of God is of no private interpretation. I am stoked. I hope you are. I hope you are. If you're not, encourage yourself in the Lord. Amen. Praise God. So let us get right on into the word of God. There's a lot to say this morning, and I don't want to prolong the time. Neither do I want to rush it to grieve the Holy Spirit, but I am ready to get this thing on the road. So if you are, get ready to take your notes uh, to retain the word of God. We must, we must become students of the word of God. We must become students of the word of God, not because we just want to know the word of God, but we want to know what is pleasing in his sight. So this morning, I want to start talking to you about something that has been very, um, I guess, as long as you've been in the body of Christ, you probably heard the terminology, the anointing. What is the anointing and exactly what does that mean to us? What does it mean to be anointed? Well, we can go back to the origin uh, and, and begin to think about uh, where the anointing, where the Bible begins to talk about the anointing. It's when the shepherds used to be out in the field with the flock. Many times there were parasites, there were insects. There's some double meaning in this, so you just listen because I'm sure it will bless your soul. But there were parasites, there were insects, there were mites, there were different things like that. And it would get into the wool of the sheep. First, it would get into the sheep, but its target was try to get into the ears and into the head of the sheep. All right, now there's, there's some double meaning to this. Uh, but first it would try to infiltrate, hide out in the wool and work its way to the ears and to the head. And once it would get there, it would begin to burrow down into the ears of the sheep and ultimately it will kill the sheep. Now, uh, many times, like I said, it was like uh, lice and other insects. So what happened was the shepherds began, listen, began to pour oil on the head of the sheep, which would begin to make the head slick. It would thicken up the wool and it would not give place for these parasites to enter into the ears, enter into the head of the sheep. Thereby, it would be a source of for protection blessing and empowerment. Are you listening? Now, the anointing 
is 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 the same way. The anointing when you have or you are or uh, or or operating in the anointing, it will keep. It will protect your ears. The Bible says, "Take heed how you hear." It'll also become like that helmet of salvation. It will begin to protect your thought patterns, your life, because it will challenge the things that you deal with on a daily basis. So when the anointing is 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 uh, prevalent in your life, it will cause you to be able to resist a lot of mind battles. And people deal with mind battles today. I mean, the enemy, it's like God can speak to us forever, but the enemy can plant one thought and we will begin to operate. And whatever the enemy is saying, we find ourselves way out in left field because we have followed the enemy. And the Bible says, my sheep, my sheep, my sheep, hear my voice and a stranger, they will not follow. So if you're following the stranger, recover yourself out of the snare of the enemy who are taken captive by him at his will. Recover yourself. Now, let's continue to go on here. So there are two renderings. Uh, well, there's more than two, but two of them I want to talk to, maybe, maybe three uh, renderings of the uh, Greek word for anointing in the New Testament is, is, is creo. Are you listening? What does that mean? Creo means to smear with oil or to rub all over. That is one of the renderings. An another one of the renderings is alipho. That is the Greek word alipho. And that simply means to, to consecrate for an office, consecrate for service. Are you listening? So these are two of the things that we're going to talk about here. Creo means to rub or to smear oil all over, which that's what the shepherds did. Uh, then it also means uh, alipho, which simply means to consecrate. That's where you see when a person is consecrated for office, such as a bishop, or, 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 or they are anointed for an office such as a king, uh, someone of, 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 of a greater degree or call. Are you listening? So now we see the uh, Alipho consecrating for an office. We see that with Samuel, how the Lord told him, he said, take the horn of oil and go down to Jesse's house for I have provided amongst me a king amongst his sons. So he took the oil down and he went, he, he, he anointed uh, uh, David to be king. However, just for the record, I think it's noteworthy to bring this up. A lot of times you are you are anointed for something, but you know David was anointed then to be king, but it took a while before he walked in it. Many times when we know that we are anointed for something, we take off, we run, and we can't wait to start doing something that we have not prepared for. So that's why you get a lot of renegades out here today is because they may have a call on their life to do certain things, but they have not met the criteria in order to operate in it. You know, David went through a lot of stuff before he actually was king. He went through a lot of trials, a lot of tests. And you have to understand the same thing happens with us. You may be anointed for something. You may be called for something, but have you qualified? Now we see that over in um, 
Exodus chapter 40 and I think verse 9, the Bible talks about, um, told the priest to anoint the tabernacle and all of the things, the, 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 the uh, ornaments and things that was uh, inside of the tabernacle so it could be consecrated and become and be holy for God's plan and purposes. So here again, we see, and this is probably where we get the idea of going around and anointing things in our house or whatever, but you know, we'll get to that because we want to talk about that a little more in uh, uh, detail so we can understand that if we are uh, operating in error because of our, our application of this. And then we also see the Bible says in James chapter, chapter five uh, and, 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 and verse 14, it says, if there's any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church and the prayer and, 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 and let them anoint them with all. And it says, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise them up. And if there be any sin, it shall be forgiven them. Now, this is where we see where you take the anointing oil and you anoint people who are sick. Okay, so we see that we have the right perception, but do we have the right uh, 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 um, application? Are you listening to what I'm saying? We 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 see in part, we know in part, but are we doing right by how we approach this? Are you listening to what I'm saying? See, a person was anointed for, like I said, for a special purpose. To be a king, to be a prophet, a builder, or, or, or so on. Anything that would, would, would be an office that will be set apart sanctified, consecrated, set apart for God's purposes, plan, and usage. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So now here's where we start getting over into some areas where I think that we really, really need to go back and really think this. Incidentally, we're talking about surviving the anointing. I know I forgot to say that in the very beginning, surviving the anointing. Now, you, you, I know that might sound crazy, but if you stay with me, you will understand exactly what that means about surviving the anointing. But now, let's go on. The anointing should not be viewed as a magic potion. This is where the church is all jacked up. The anointing should not be used as a or viewed as a magic potion. The oil in itself does not have any power. Are you listening? There's no power in, in oil. A lot of things are used as types and shadows. A lot of things are symbolic. And so the anointing represents the power of the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit. It represents uh, consecration. It represents, the, you know, the work of the Lord. But now the church... When the church got tired of living up to that standard, then they begin to look at the anointing as a magic potion. Now, don't get me wrong, and I don't want anybody to misunderstand what I'm saying. Many times people bring you oil as a leader, as a pastor, as a bishop, and they say, hey, can you pray over this oil? There's nothing in itself wrong with that. Nothing at all. However, once the oil is being prayed over, even we passed out oil to people and we prayed over the oil before. But there are certain things you have to do to qualify 
for that symbolic use of the oil to gain power. Now, let's listen to what I'm saying here. <clears throat> you, you can't use the oil as magic. You can't go out and do anything you want. You live in strife or you, you, you got all against people and you do all of this and then certain things happen and then you put the oil out there. The only thing that's going to happen is you're going to become greasy. You're going to become greasy or whatever you put it on. But there is no power represented in it because it does not represent God. What you want it to represent, the application is 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 true. It, it is supposed to work like that. But what takes away the power is your disposition when you do it. So we've gotten to the place where we just put stuff out and we just, you know, praise the Lord. Here's the oil. Put that oil on it. You know, that's not. Listen, God is bigger, greater, wiser than that. What you're operating in is strange fire. Are you listening? It did not originate at the altar of sacrifice. There's been no sacrifice, but you have the oil. <laughs> All right, let's continue to look. So uh, you have to be careful that you are you are operating in the confines of the will of God and the word of God and that your vessel has been consecrated in order for you to operate. You know, the Bible says we are kings and priests. You can decree a thing, but in order for you to operate in your priestly uh, 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 role, there has to be some consecration. What does that mean? You have to have set yourself apart for God's uses. Now I'm going to keep moving. Another meaning for the anointing is the chosen one. Christ is not Jesus' last name. Christ simply means the anointed one and his anointing. Are you listening to me? So the chosen one. Now the Bible says in Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, how God anointed Jesus, I'll tell you what, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost. Listen to this. This is very careful. Because, I mean, very important. We're going to put this together. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. Put them two together. The Holy Ghost and power who went about, number one, doing good and healing all that was oppressed of the devil for God was with him. That is a very powerful statement there. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing all that was oppressed of the devil. We are anointed for service. This is what Jesus, this is why Jesus was so powerful because he operated in service. Today in the church, many people don't want to have anything to do with service. They don't want to have to do, see, you think service is to take out the trash can. You think service is to uh, uh, give somebody a plate. You think service is, it does include that on a lower scale. But service is really when you are motivated 
to do the will of God, to accomplish the purpose of God, and then God is with you because you are doing good. And then when you're trying to get people delivered from the enemy, God is there to empower you. The Bible says that when Jesus came down from the mountain after being tempted of the devil, his word was with power. Luke 19 says that uh, he's giving you power over all the ability and, and, and the, uh, the authority and ability of the enemy. He's giving that to you. Why? So you can operate in service. The Bible says when the disciples went out, they came back and they were so, so impressed that even the devils, the devils were subject to us through thy name. They were doing service. You are empowered for service. The anointing is to equip you for service. If you are not doing any service, you are not walking in the anointing. We think the anointing is just magic. We think the anointing is because we're saved. We think the anointing, listen, we are all anointed. We are. I won't take that away. The scripture says that. We are all anointed, but we don't all operate in the anointing. That's, that's the point. We are all anointed. We're all saved, but all might not go to heaven. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, you might disagree with that. Take your chances. It's okay with me. <laughs> but I'm saying, you know, Jesus said, I, I've, I've kept all those that thou hast given me in Luke 17. And none was lost except the son of perdition. Uh, you gave me him, but he was lost. Are you listening? So uh, you remember the people that said, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out devils in your name and all of that. He said, depart from me. I never knew you. You can't cast out devils except by the power of God. Jesus said that. You can't cast out devils by the prince of devils. But you've got to qualify. There are certain things that you have to do. And I know we have, I'm not going to argue with you about that. We have all of these distorted thoughts about I can be saved and not do anything. I can be saved and not operate in the, in, 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 in the power of God. Well, if you can just be saved and not do anything God wanted you to do, why would you have to stand at the judgment seat of Christ? What are you going to be judged for? Because everything is automatic. Are you listening? He said you'll be judged for those things that you've done in your flesh or you didn't do in your flesh. Are you listening? Moving right along. Now, let's go to uh, Luke chapter four. We're talking about we are anointed for service. This is the purpose of you being anointed. You're not anointed just so you can live well. You're not anointed just so you can you can have a big house. You're not anointed just so you can get a good job. You're not anointed for all those things. You are anointed for service. And those things are a byproduct of you being anointed. See, that's where we get it all out of whack. We start looking at, again, looking at the prize instead of the mark. I'll show you the Bible says in Luke chapter four and verse 18, Jesus stood up and found a place that was written in the Bible. And he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he have anointed me. I'm going to stop at this first point to preach the gospel to the poor. That's why. Remember the spirit of the Lord, the Holy Ghost and power. The spirit of the Lord came on him. 
in order to preach the gospel to the poor. Why? Because poverty is a curse. Poverty is a curse. He did not come on you so you can just be wealthy for the sake of being wealthy, uh, being wealthy just so you can flaunt it, being wealthy so you can rise above everybody else. No, he said that's part of the Abrahamic covenant in Genesis 12. I will bless thee and thou shalt be a blessing. You can't be a blessing if you're not blessed. You can't be a blessing if you're broken, poor. You can't be a blessing if you have nothing to give. That's just like, take the financial aspect away from it. How are you going to love if you don't have love? How The Bible says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. How can you give mercy if you don't have it? How can you be a peacemaker without peace? How can you be a blessing without resources? So, he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. The gospel, listen, all of you who are living in a constant struggle, it is because you have separated yourself from the gospel and the commonwealth of Israel, being aliens from the covenant. That's why people, look, you're not going to get a million dollar check, everybody that's saved. That's not going to happen. However, there is a covenant that the Lord has established with you to say that I have established a covenant with you that I will provide for you. Jehovah Jireh, you might be in the wrong place. He said that is the place where God provides and God will provide for you. He, he doesn't want you to be hand to mouth. The Bible says, and this is what David said, I've been young, now I'm old. Not once have I seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. This is the covenant. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Are you listening to what I'm saying? I could go on and on and on about that. But if I haven't convinced you thus far, I could finish this lesson teaching on that and you still won't be convinced. I can't give you a revelation, but God can give you the increase. So I put it out there and he went on. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has preached. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Let me go ahead and read the, uh, the rest of this. And the Bible says uh, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Listen to me, guys. Listen to me. That's why you are anointed. There are people around you that are operating in darkness. They have no idea that they can recover from the life that has stolen their joy, stolen their peace, stolen their possessions. They have been in bad relationships. <coughs> Excuse me. They're struggling. You won't go to them and, and, and minister to them. Why? Because you're looking at yourself. You're looking at what you are capable of doing. It's not about who you are, it's who God is. Those people have been assigned to you. That's why they are around you. Stop thinking so highly of yourself. It's not about you. It's about the anointing. The anointing is God on flesh doing what it is impossible for flesh to do. That is your assignment. That is your call for you to heal or mend the brokenhearted. 
God has no intention for those people to stay brokenhearted around you. You were brokenhearted before. Somebody came to your rescue. It's about you. Looking around, seeing those that are in the struggle, seeing those that are battling, seeing those that are walking in silent abuse, the ones that have been mistreated as children, the ones that have been sexually, mentally, emotionally, verbally abused, and they're covering it up with a smile. Your job is to allow the anointing to speak to you and say, this person, even in laughter, their heart is sorrowful. I can tell you by the power of God, they are hurting. But if you place who you are so big, uh, you know, I can't do this. I can't do that. I don't know this. I don't know that. These people are going to struggle and you are sitting there with the answer, but you refuse to uh, allow God to minister to them because you can never get over yourself. Preach the gospel to the poor. There are people that's gone through some stuff. They have taken some solid L's in the, in the game of life, and you will never know nothing about it. Some of these people will take their hurts, their abuse to their grave. But the only way you will know, the Bible says that what things north the man except the spirit that is within him, you will never know by just natural knowledge or discernment, but by the power of the Holy Spirit who knows all things, you will be able to tap into their hurt. And you will be able to minister to them and be speaking to their life. Just like right now, some of you are sitting there with tears in your eyes because of the anointing is speaking to the depths of your soul. And I know nothing about you. I know nothing about your situation. God wants to use you the same way. He wants to use you just like that. It's not because I'm so special. It's because I'm saved. And it's because I will allow the anointing to be bigger than me. I don't know you. I know nothing about your situation. However, God will take the voice of someone who is willing and minister to people you don't know. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Jesus was anointed. Remember, he met the woman at the well. And when she came, Jesus said that you've had all of these husbands and the man that you're living with right now is not your husband. She went back to the town, won a whole town because she said, come. See a man that have told me everything that I've ever done. And this man don't even know me. God want to use you like that. Get over yourself. Get over yourself. Get over yourself. Oh, let me get this out here, boy, because I didn't know it was going to go like this. Heal the brokenhearted. Look, preach deliverance to the captives. Preach deliverance to the captives. There are people right now around you in your life, and you may be one of them, that is still a slave to pornography. You're still a slave to, 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 to chemical abuse. You're still a slave to, to uh, uh, oh, Jesus, you're still smoking. You're still, I'm talking about blunts, vapors, all, vape, <laughs> all of this stuff. You're still a slave to this. You need deliverance. Why? Because the Bible didn't say if you vape that you 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 won't go to heaven. It basically said you'll go faster. Paul said all things are profitable, but all things no, he said all things are lawful, but all things are not profitable. In other words, all of these things I can do, 
but they're not a good witness to me. I can't win someone else by telling them that 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 God is a deliverer and I'm sitting there in chains. Are you listening to what I'm trying to tell you right now? God is saying to preach the, the uh, deliverance to the captives. There are people that are in financial bondage and they're in a merry-go-round of poverty. They don't know how to get out. Everybody is not just lazy. Some people just don't know. Some people don't have a clue how to break the cycle, but you do. And if you never share the answer with them, then you're carrying the name of the Lord in vain. People need help. I'm not talking about people that got more games than Nintendo. I'm not talking about folks. You got there's some gamers in the body of Christ that just really they don't want to do anything, and yet they're still operating on their old life where they just manipulate or use people or play them. I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about the ones who are struggling and don't know how to be free. We got to get over ourselves. Recovering of sight to the blind. These are part of the people that I'm talking about, recovering the sight of the blind. Remember in Ephesians chapter six and verse 12, where the Bible says, uh, um, oh man, <laughs> I never forget that. Uh, Ephesians chapter uh, six and 12, where the Bible says, um, oh man, y'all know, you know it. I know it. And I'm not going to do like most people say, I know it's in there somewhere. Uh, Holy Spirit, bring it back to me. Bring it back to me. Let me start back at 10, uh, where the Bible says that, um, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Um, <laughs> we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Jesus, I've said that so many times. That's like me forgetting my own name. <laughs> but it says, I, I, I got here. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high or heavenly places. Now, listen to this part right here. Rulers of the darkness of this world. See, the recovering of sight to the blind. Boy, this is thank you, Holy Spirit. Maybe that's why I struggle with this, because he just gave me something that I really haven't thought about before. Recovering of sight to the blind. How can you recover something that you never had? This is talking about people who were saved. People who once saw. And they no longer see. See, you, your sight, losing your sight is a gradual thing. And there are people who got saved. Why? Because the rulers of the darkness of this world, their job is to keep the church and the world in darkness. But with the church, it, it causes the world not to see. It causes the saints to lose their sight. You started off in love with the Lord. You started out loving Christianity. You started out loving the church. You started out loving doing whatever God wanted you to do. Little by little, you start losing your sight. 
And now you don't see men anymore. They look like trees. That's scriptural. Recover the sight to the blind. How many people around you started out with you and now they have lost their sight and they're back in the world? Some of you may be listening to me right now and you may be in the process of losing your sight. And now things of Christianity, things of God, they don't look as clear as they used to. You don't see them like you used to. You're losing your sight. Are you seeing what I'm saying? You are losing your sight. The Bible says, talking about the seven churches in the book of Revelation, the last church age was the church of Laodicea. And the Bible says that you lost your first love. And I think the other church was Ephesus. He said that to him too. You lost your first love. You had a love. I'm talking to you now, saints who are losing your sight, you know, even in the natural. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Even in the natural, when your sight starts to go, you need more light. Marinate on that. You find that as you age and you're starting to read something, you need more light to see it clearly. A lot of people in the church have drifted away from the light and now their vision has become dim. Are you listening? Their vision has become dim. They are now in darkness. Are you listening to what I'm saying? They are now, they're not seeing the way they used to see. So what is he saying to you now? You need more light. The Bible says the interest of that light, the interest of that word, give it light and understanding to the simple. You need more light. Recovering sight to the blind. You are either losing your sight or you know someone who is. Moving right on. I never intended to stay this long on this, but I thank God that he opened this up this morning because I already knew I wasn't going to finish this. So I'm not under pressure. <laughs> now, let me see. God, let me move on. And he said to set at liberty them that are bruised. Listen to what the Bible says. To set at liberty them that are bruised. The Bible says a smoking flax will he not quench or bruised reed he will not break. The Bible is basically saying a smoking flax. That means that your fire has gone out. When you start seeing smoke, you know, I like Westerns. And I noticed that a lot of times when they are on the trail of someone and they are trying to find out, have they been here? When they come up on the campfire, if they still see a little smoke there, they say to themselves, they were here recently. A lot of you still have smoke. And you was here in church recently. Are you listening? And now this only thing is a trail of smoke. And that smoke has been because you was here recently or you have fiery darts from the enemy. But nevertheless, there's no more fire, but there's smoke. And that's how you can be identified by the trail of smoke. Are you listening to what I'm saying? You think you're on fire. 
but it's the smoke that let us know you used to be here. And the Bible says that to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, to win the loss, to win the loss. How many of you are currently engaged in winning the loss? Or are you engaged in being the loss? There's a difference. We got a job to do, saints. We got a job to do. Read the talents. God placed in you an anointing. Some of you have been saved since Abraham and you have no fruit when it comes down to the loss. Are you listening? And the Bible says, if you give, listen to me, you read the scripture, it will tell you, if you give God back the same talent that he gave you, he is going to call you a wicked and slowful servant because you did not increase what he gave you. A wicked and slow, and the Bible says, and they was cast into outer darkness where there was weeping and gnashing of teeth. You read it. Some of you are carrying the same talent that you had when he gave it to you. Some of you are still walking. Let me tell you something. You might not know a hundred scriptures, but you do know somebody that was in the same position you were in. And if you didn't win anybody but them, that's an increase. Oh, I got to finish this. Lord have mercy. I got to finish this. Oh, so listen, the benefits we experience in our personal life, they are byproducts of service. When you were in financial bondage, when you had yokes over your life that was had you bound, when you had healings, when you overcome unjust impositions and restraints, when all of these, these are byproducts of the anointing. Last scripture. Oh, man, maybe. I'm, I'm going to try to rush through this the, the best I can. First uh, John chapter 2. First John chapter 2. Now, I want, you to, I want you to look at this. I'm going to read through this really quickly. It says, but the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you. And you need not that any man teach you. That doesn't mean that you have a right not to come back to church. That doesn't mean you have a right and a license to be rebellious. That's not what it's saying. It's saying your information now is going to be comparing spiritual things to spiritual. It's internal. Listen, and it says, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things, the Holy Spirit in you will teach you all things and is a truth and no lie. And even as he has taught you, you shall abide in him. That is very important. This is the disclaimer. You must abide in him. Abide in him. Abide in him. That is the disclaimer right there. Listen, if you are required to abide in him, to operate in the anointing, then we can conclude that the anointing is purpose-driven. 
If that means in order for you to have the anointing, see, if you're not abiding in him, the anointing is not getting ready to build you a new house. If you're not abiding in him, it's not getting ready to make you smart. If you're not abiding in him, see, it is the function of the Holy Spirit that operates the anointing, the anointing and power. But if you're not abiding in him, then you have the anointing, but you're not anointed. Now, that might sound crazy to you, but if it does, look around your life. The anointing will cause fire. And fire is, is, is a representative of protection, warmth, guidance, all of these things. That's why people keep a campfire at night to keep away the devil, the wild animals, to keep away all the unrulies, to keep away all this. That was the reason why. And it kept them warm. And it gave them, even down to Israel, they were guided by fire at night. Are you listening? That's why. Now, <laughs> this is it's purpose driven. Now, this is the last thing I'm gonna I got to bring this out because maybe I can I can I can finish this first part right here. We know Samson was a deliverer, but as soon as he violated the anointing, the anointing lifted from him. You are anointed. But if you violate the anointing, it will lift from you. It's not here to empower you for ungodliness. It's not here to empower you for unholiness. It's not here to empower you for self-driven purposes. The anointing is not here for that. It's here for service. Service. See, you see the strength of Samson was not in his hair. The strength of you uh, in your life is not in your degrees. The strength is not in your looks. The strength is not in all of those things which fade but for a moment. The strength is in consecration. It's, the strength is abiding in him for his purpose. Are you listening to me? See, the Bible says that Delilah pressed Samson daily. She pressed him daily with her words. You are living in a life that press you daily. This is why we say survive the anointing. This is what I'm going to close with because I want you to understand you have to survive the anointing. What do I mean by that? When the anointing comes on you, it will bring attention to you. The anointing will come on you. It will. The anointing will make you different. The anointing will bring attention to you like it did Samson, but many times the pressure that comes with the anointing, many people don't survive it. You start, people start being drawn to you, and you know what you do? You sleep with them. People start being drawn to you, and you start abusing them. People start being drawn to you, and you violate friendships. People start, you don't know it's the anointing. You are being, the anointing is drawing people to you so you can win them for the kingdom. But you misinterpreted the anointing. You think it's you. It's not you. It is the anointing. And Samson, he he did all kinds of crazy stuff. He went down to Timnah and he saw a lion and the lion attacked him and he killed a lion and tore him apart. Then he went looking for a woman. He went down in the vineyards. He was not supposed to touch grapes, not even the leaves. He did all of that stuff. He started being driven by his own desires. He came back. He saw the carcass of the, of the lion, and it had bees, and it had honey. He was not supposed to touch that. 
but he went in and began to scoop the honey out. Not only did he eat the honey, but he went and gave it to his parents and he didn't tell them about it. All right. He violated all kinds of stuff with the anointing. And what happened? Oh, thank you. Holy Ghost. What happened? He lost his sight. He went into bondage and he lost his sight. They put his eyes out. That's what happens to you. When you violate the anointing, you lose your sight. You can't see the rulers of the darkness get, get, get involved and you can no longer see. He lost his sight. And the last thing that he did, he violated his Nazarene, uh, Nazarene vow. He laid his head in Delilah's lap and she cut his hair. That was the strength was not in his hair. The strength was in his consecration. And the less he was consecrated, the weaker he got. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The anointing will bring people to you. The anointing will bring favor to you. The anointing will do all of these. But when you use the anointing and you violate what God has called you to do for service, you lose your sight, you become weak, and you become just like any other man. Samson said that. He said, if you bind me with this rope, I will become just like any other man. This brand new rope. Well, he was lying, but he said too, the strength is in my hair, but the strength was in obedience. The strength was in being a deliverer. The strength was in what God called him to do. If you cut my hair, I will be just like any other man. And I'm closing with this. First Samuel chapter six, verse 10. Oh my God, my God, forgive me for being excited, but I'm not going to ask for forgiveness anymore. <laughs> Listen to what 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 6 says, And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy with them, and thou shalt be turned into another man. That's why the anointing comes on you, is to turn you into another man. Some of you have gone back to be the man you used to be. You've gone back to be any other man, that old natural man. You've gone back to being a man that can't see anymore. Going back to a man that has no more strength, because you've been robbed of the anointing, because the enemy has pressed you every day. He has pressed you every turn. He has pressed you with every decision. He has pressed you. He has put pressure on you. And the, you couldn't survive the anointing like Samson. You couldn't survive. So what did you do? You end up, you will allow the anointing to die with you. You will allow yourself to die with the anointing because you did not allow yourself to survive the anointing. Oh, my God. When the anointing comes on you, you will be another man. When the anointing comes on you, it will turn you into somebody else. It will turn you into somebody else than what you used to be. Because the person you used to be, God can't use them. He has to use you in your rebuilt mode. He has to use you in the mode that's anointed. He has to use you and where his spirit is big on you. And that's the problem with the church right now. Not many people are filled with the spirit, but they are filled with wine. That when you wine, filled with wine, it impairs your vision. Oh, God Almighty. Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Listen, I got to stop. I got to stop. I got to stop. I got to stop. Who are you today? Who are you today? 
Are you the same old person you used to be? Are you the same gossiping person you used to be? Are you the same offended person you used to be? Are you the same angry person you used to be? Are you the same person? Then you lack the anointing. You have not been in God's presence and you lack the anointing and God needs to turn you into another man because he can't use you. You can't use the anointing like a magic potion that you can be anything you want to be, do what you want to do and still think all you got to do is rub some oil on something. You can do that, but you will just end up greasy. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, I thank you right now for the word. I thank you for your grace. I thank you that you've spoken to your people. Stay tuned for part two because it's coming back to you. It's coming back to you in the name of the Lord Jesus. We will see you again with this. Lord, I thank you right now that you speak to their heart. Don't let them get away. Let, let them realize right now, are you another person? Or are you the same person you used to be? Are you just like you used to be? You know, and if you don't know, everybody else does. You can't interact with people and they not that you they haven't seen your change, whether you went back or whether you went forward. Lord, I thank you for your people. Speak to their hearts. And I'm speaking to you out here. Let God deal with you. Be transparent. Let them deal with you. Let him deal with you. Don't let this be another good message. God is trying to build you for something. Thank you, Lord, for your word, for your grace, for your favor. If this has been a blessing to you and you want to be a part of, 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 of giving into this ministry, praying for this ministry, being a part of this ministry, let God turn you into a different person from what you used to be. This word is for you. And until we see you again on the next one, Lord, I thank you. Whatever we do, whenever we do it, however we do it, Lord, we won't be the same old person trying to do it. Then we can keep it real.